0: Well, it's Thursday, and it's time for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory, getting you ready for another Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Bart, we're going to have to adjust the way we talk about these games. I think we're going to have to go game one, game two, game three to avoid. I I get caught up in Saturday thinking it's the middle.
1: No, I do too, and... Yeah, hey, I actually like Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. You've got us in Tennessee this weekend and Texas A&M in Arkansas, and you're seeing more Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. The thing this week, we'll have all three games we'll talk about on our Sunday coffee on Sunday. But, yeah, Charlie, it still messes me up a good bit. Game one, game two, game three. Game one later tonight up at Lindsey Nelson Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville. Mood's a little different up there this year, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. They kind of got knocked in the teeth a little bit the first weekend. You know, last year they had the uh, the pomp and circumstance that went along with the baseball. They brought back the the swag hat and the, and the fur coat last weekend against Vanderbilt. They hit nine home runs against Vanderbilt last weekend, and it was probably because of that big hat and the uh, and the fur coat.
0: Well, you know, they, they relegated those to the dugouts, right? Yeah, they have to. You, you can't have the, the hats and the coats out on the field anymore. So maybe it was that was their kryptonite. Or maybe they couldn't roll the bats around anymore. I don't know. Uh, guys move <laughs> on. Hey, this is a Tennessee team, though, that comes in playing well. Uh, big weekend at Vanderbilt, including a 10-run rule game. And Vanderbilt, we felt pretty good about where Vanderbilt had become.
1: Yeah, I thought Vanderbilt was probably one of the best teams in the country. They go to Knoxville last week. And, Charlie, you look at, at how that weekend went. The first seven, eight innings was prototypical Tennessee baseball for the, this se- for this season. And then the last three innings and then the rest of the weekend was like Tennessee baseball of last year. This is a team that has struggled at the plate, moving runners. They have not done well, moving runners and advancement opportunities. This is a team that's kind of lived and died by the home run ball. They won four to three in 12 innings last weekend against Vanderbilt in game one, and they hit four solo home runs. I think they only had six hits for the game. It's kind of like LSU on Tuesday night against Nichols. LSU had four hits going to the ninth inning, and they end up getting beat by Nichols. I mean, we only had, what, five or six hits against Ole Miss in the game down in Pearl on Tuesday night. And so it's amazing when you look around the league, these teams now that are beginning to live and die by the home run ball and, and and they're not getting guys on base. I think in that Friday game against Vanderbilt last weekend, Tennessee won that game and did not have a runner reach third base. The only time they scored were four solo home runs.
0: So the only time they hit third was touching it on the, on the trot around the base.
1: That's it. That's it. So would it surprise you
0: to know, though, and by the way, we are in the Farm Bureau studios, Farm Bureau, go with the home team, whatever your insurance needs, call your friends at Farm Bureau. Would it surprise you to know, Bart, that if we were to look, as I like to do, at league-only statistics at this point of the year, some people start doing it a week or two in, that's too early. But by this point, we're halfway through, a little better than halfway, and you can start to look. Here's what you've got. In league games, Mississippi State has a higher batting average by 20 points than Tennessee. Mississippi State's hit more home runs than Tennessee. Whatever you want to look at, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, you go through the list and Mississippi State is better than Tennessee offensively. Would that surprise you?
1: It did. It kind of did when I looked at it. But what did we say before the season started is this offensive team from Mississippi State should be a little bit better than it was last year. And for all intents and purposes, from an average standpoint, it has been. But when Tennessee, you know, when you look at Tennessee, you knew what they had coming back pitching-wise. But they had to replace some guys in their lineup, a Drew Gilbert at the top of the lineup, different guys through there, and their left-handed heavy hitting team. And so that was one of the question marks a little bit for Tennessee coming into this year. And they've gotten better as the season goes on. And last weekend, they hit it on the Saturday game, the second game of the series last week. We talk about walking it off with a home run on Friday. Saturday, they just came out and exploded in the first inning. But, man, for all intents and purposes, Tennessee has not hit it that well this year. And when you talk to people around the Tennessee program and people in Knoxville, they say the same thing that – pretty much say about us that they have lived a little bit by the home run ball. They take big swings. They have not been at times situational type of hitting. I mean, how many times do we get a runner at third base and we're taking a big swing? That's kind of the same mantra that's going on in Knoxville as well. Yeah, we've seen it a little bit, haven't we? Um, How do you shape up Tennessee
0: kind of as you develop through the year? Doesn't it feel, though, like they're kind of turning it on a little bit. Or am I just influenced by that Vanderbilt weekend?
1: I think we're I think we're influenced a lot by the Vanderbilt weekend. I mean, cuz they did get swept by Arkansas, I mean,
0: right before that. So maybe I'm but you, you we say that.
1: Then they dropped two out of 3 to Florida, dropped two out of 3 to LSU. But but here's the thing about this Tennessee team. And it's very similar. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago about how We used to think about basketball in the SEC, about teams playing extremely well at home and then not playing well at all on the road. And we've seen that around the league a little bit this year in baseball, how that's kind of morphed over into baseball. Tennessee on the road this season is one and nine. They have lost nine of 10 games on the road this year. They were swept out of Arkansas. Uh, They... They have not played well at all on the road. And you would think a lot of that is because of the their antics of last year. There's no telling what's being told of them <laughs> when they go on the road this year. But they're still 25-4 and four at home. I mean, they have played extremely well. Hey, so home. I
0: don't really understand that in the context of college baseball. I don't either. Because I get it in football. But in college baseball, other than going to LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas where are you going that you leave there thinking man what a tough environment now we went over and played at Auburn this past weekend and we didn't play well that That doesn't have to do with the environment no it wasn't man boy you ought to try playing there I mean so I I don't understand that I don't I don't either conversely though let's play the other side is their environment all of a sudden that great that teams go in there and melt do teams still fall for the annex? What, what's going
1: on? I, I, don't, I don't understand. it. Here's the thing that I think, and I don't know if it's just the way that they pitch at home. You know, their pitching, you knew coming in was going to be really good. You knew to start the season, and this is how they started the season. Dolander in game one, Chase Burns game two, Drew Beam game three. Now, last year, Burns started game one, Dolander two, and then Beam. And so this year, Dolander wasn't pitching as well on Friday. Burns wasn't pitching very well at all on Saturday in his starting role. And they kept Beam on Sunday, even though Beam is, has had trouble missing some bats. And so a couple of weeks ago, what they did was, is they went to Dolan and says, hey, you're going to move back from Friday to Saturday. And we're going to bring in a guy who's a transfer and Andrew Lindsay, transfer from Charlotte, real good spin rate. And we're going to start him in game one. And oh, by the way, Chase Burns, even though you are a top, 10 round top 10 pick, probably in next year's draft. Guys got unbelievable stuff. We're about to move you to the bullpen last weekend against Arkansas or two weeks ago. They really didn't embrace it that well. And here's the thing about winning the way they did against Vanderbilt last week it's easier to get guys to embrace their role when they play that well against an in state opponent. They get the mojo back. Burns was unbelievable out of the bullpen last week. Dolander was really good in his start on Saturday, and so they've moved some pieces around. But adding Lindsey to that Friday night role or that Thursday night role, we'll see him later tonight. That's kind of been a, a difference change for them, a difference maker for them last week. No lefties
0: in the starting lineup.
1: Is that good for us? Okay, so you ask yourself the question too, and, and
0: here's why. I look at Hunter Hines, some of those guys doesn't just feel like they swing it better on. Against righties.
1: They do. All right, let me ask you this question and disagree with me on this. Tennessee is not a team that runs at all. I mean, I think they've stolen seven bases in SEC play. Is yeah, this... there a
0: perfect seven to seven, I think?
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, whatever. So, do you entertain the thought of moving Hancock back behind the plate, putting Hines at first, and you don't have to worry about the running game and just to get another big bat in the lineup? Do we have that big bat to put in the lineup? I was going to say, query
0: (laughs) where that big bat falls. You know, if we were sitting here a month ago, I might have said you try to get Hizak in the lineup, you try to get Downs in the lineup, but we haven't really done anything to try to get them in the lineup. But I think that is an interesting point. Um, And let's go to Bryce Chance a minute. Bryce Chance isn't what I think of when I think big bat, but he was a productive hitter. We haven't seen him at all. And – was it a situation where he was hot? I mean, it's tough to take somebody who hasn't been playing, right? Right. And now stick them in there. And here's the other thing, though. It's not like Tennessee's dumb. I mean, they don't run a lot, but then again,
1: they might. Well, so if you – like I said, I've, I've talked to some folks around Knoxville, and they talk about Tennessee early in the year, bad base running. Listen to this now. They talk about bad base running. They talk about – not being very good at situational hitting. They talk about, you know, pitchers at times trying to nibble a little bit with breaking balls and falling behind early in counts. It's amazing. I don't know if this is just, you know, I don't know if this is just something that's going through college baseball right now. I don't know. But there's been a, loud, a lot of loudness about the way they've run the bases this year and the way they fielded and, you know, on balls put in play. Sounds like everybody has the same issues.
0: At some level, some just more so. <laughs> the <laughs> same problems, only more so. One problem they haven't had, though, is they're, they, they've they pitched it well, comparatively. I, I suppose that's my thing, right? Every time I pull up our stats and I look at the opposing team, I say, man, we can hit with these guys. And then I look at the pitching numbers, and that's where life turns sour, isn't it?
1: It is. It its They have 469 strikeouts as a staff overall, only 106 walks. They've only walked 106 batters. We, on the other hand, have struck out 276, and we have walked 246. We have 140 more walks in our pitching staff, than Tennessee does. All right, so for me to calm down for just a second, let me remind you, this is our Tracks Plus deep dig. Tracks Plus now with five locations, three in the state of Mississippi. If you're in the market for heavy machinery, new or used, go to Tracksplus.com. Here's the thing that when looking at Tennessee pitching staff and just by watching some of their games, these are guys, when you start looking at their rotation, they live and die by the fastball. They've got guys that throw 95 mile an hour fastballs, and we talk about early in the season about how they kind of tried to mess around with guys with breaking balls early on. To me, that's the difference. I mean, I don't want to be negative. I'm, is this half empty Bart coming? No, down? this is not. This is not half empty Bart. And I saw this the other night. I, I was trying to look, and you know, I don't know where this lies. But here's what I want to do is I want to look at when our bullpen guys come in how many breaking balls and the percentage of breaking balls that we throw when our bullpen guys come in. Too many. And the reason I say that is you you look at Tennessee with Dolander and Lindsey and these guys on the back end, they kind of understand they're fastball guys and they throw fastballs. Beam has gotten hit a little bit this year, but he's a fastball guy. And it's almost like we're trying to be too fine. It's like we're trying to fool everybody. Yeah. And so –
0: Sometimes uh, you heard me. In fact, I've said this to you previously. One of the phrases in baseball that I don't like is "gave in with the fastball," because the idea of throwing a fastball in that situation becomes a negative. Some guys, that's their best pitch. Look, if you were bringing in uh, Jacob Lindgren, right? It's not like you're saying going to ever say quit throwing the slider. No, all right. But you got to know who you are, and. Some guys don't trust themselves to throw a secondary pitch. There's a reason we call those pitches secondary pitches. It's because they're not your go-to pitch. It's not your number one typically. Most people, we've seen exceptions, but most players are more confident throwing a fastball for a strike than anything else. When you have a team who it's in their head a little bit, and the inability to throw strikes and the thing of hitting guys. I mean, why were we bringing Aaron Nixon in spinning the ball the other night?
1: Well, there you go. That's, why are we throwing three two change ups with the bases empty? That was my thing. You bring in Nixon, who's a hard throwing right hander, and he's got a little bit of movement with his fastball, and you're up there spinning spinning sliders every pitch. Hey, we saw it early this year, and I think you know, <laughs> and it was much documented. I think Jay. Jay kind of was upset on the radio broadcast. Was it against South Carolina or was it against Vanderbilt? <laughs> we got Dome spinning six got straight pitches. Seven. And he said, hey, after the sixth one, he was like, hey, they're about to pop one out of here. He hangs one. The next pitch hit out for a home run. And he, he threw seven straight sliders. And so I go back to the point of, you know, walking guys and giving up hits. It's a big difference at a fastball in different parts to count. When it's 1-2 or it's 0-2, or sometimes we just groove 0-2 fastballs. But that's another another story for another rabbit hole. Yes, but
0: doesn't that fit the narrative? It's almost like we're trying to do what you think we want. So, on a 3-1 pitch, we're not going to throw a fastball. Well, on, and, But on an 0-2 pitch, it was like we're going to fool them by throwing one down the pipe.
1: And I'm, I'm going to bring this up until the day I die about the conversation we had with Roger Clemens about sometimes it's good just to run a two-seamer up there and say, hit it. And I think that's where we've gotten in trouble. It's almost like you're trying to strike out every single batter by mixing up pitches that they think, oh, there's no way he thinks a breaking ball's coming here on three to two because this guy's got a bad breaking ball. Well, let's throw him a breaking ball. But how many times do we throw spin, spin, and then you're down you know, 2-0 on the mound, and then you have to come back with a fastball, and all of a sudden you are sitting on a tee. To me, that's the thing I want to see. I, if I have time this weekend, here's my here's my challenge to myself, Charlie. All right. Is any time we bring a relief pitcher in, I want to break down the percentage of fastball versus slider. Because to me, it's uh, that's that's one of the issues is we're trying to nibble too much. And going back to the original point, that's what Tennessee has not done. They know they're fastball guys. Lindsey's a fastball guy, and they're going to throw you fastballs. And that's how they have lived and died all season long. If you put it in play, you put it in play. But they are not going to walk you. So that's my rant for the day. We'll come back and we'll have our two brothers, two players that can smoke him. And also I'll look at our pitching matchups on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Tracks Plus Deep Dig as the Bulldogs travel to Knoxville.
0: All right, welcome back. We're on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig here in the Farm Bureau Studios. Charlie Winfield, Bart Gregory with you. And it is time now to take a look at our pitching matchups for the weekend. We've talked a little bit about the pitching matchups. Bart, some weekends, not many, you look and you say, man, I feel good about our rotation compared to theirs. This isn't going to be one of those.
1: Well, we talked about uh, Andrew Lindsey, right-hander, transfer from Charlotte. He's from New Johnsonville, Tennessee, Last weekend, he went 6 2 two third against Vanderbilt. He gave up three runs on six hits. He struck out a season-high 10. His season-high before that had been five, so he strikes out 10 last week. 41 strikeouts and just 10 walks on the season, a 2.81 earn-run average. He's a guy you'll probably see for about to, you know six innings in the game tonight. He's a game-one starter. We're going to throw Cade Smith, you know, hey, look, Kate Smith's been pitching Kate well. Kate Smith has really been pitching well. You kind of wonder what we're going to do on the back end because we have not listed a starter for Saturday. Let me ask you this question. If you've got a tie ball game or a lead tonight in the sixth inning, do you go to Kobe Holcomb?
0: Yes. And that's why you have the TBD in the middle, I have to think, because at some point if you're in a position to win this thing, you got to go win it. You're not going to have Nate Dome, who you normally would go to, to try to give yourself that chance. Nixon pitched twice last weekend and then again two days ago. You don't feel great about having Nixon on the back end of this game, right? And so then where are you going to go? If you're in a spot where you're leading Tennessee 2-1 to one after
1: six innings tonight, Holcomb. There's he, no other choice really, is there? I don't, I don't think so. So what does that lead to? You pitch Cade Smith and Holcomb tonight, you just kind of give away game two, don't you? Well, you hate to say it that way, but, well, I mean, but I guess it depends
0: on where Gartman is, right? Probably so. Yeah. And I think the issue there is you know, Gartman, of course, missed the start last weekend. I think to some degree, you're not going to know what you've got with Gartman until you get there and you crank up the engine. You know, you get there and you go through some warm ups. I think to some degree, you can say, all right, we're in good shape. It may be a man, I don't know. I think that's why I would be very surprised if you saw, say, Gartman in relief. I think he would be a natural starter for you in that middle ball game. I like keeping Girangelo on the back end, which we're doing, starting him on Sunday. But I think you would – I don't think anything would be off the table. I think that has to be – because Holcomb pitched well enough to be your middle game starter. He did. Taking him off of that and putting a TBD in – isn't a signal of dissatisfaction with him. No. I think it's a question of, we're going to use you when we need you.
1: Tennessee having a lot of left-handed hitters in their lineup. Lowe being able to go from the left side the last couple of weeks and be successful doing that. I feel a lot better about Gerangelo Sunday spinning balls from that left side.
0: Yeah, particularly if you're going to have a lot of right-handed action coming into that. So, you know, give those
1: guys something to see from the other side. So, They'll have Dolander on Sat on a Friday game two. Dolander started his career at Georgia Southern, had the great year last year, gave up just one run on six hits and seven innings against Vanderbilt last week. But he was pitching with a big lead, and then Drew Beam on Sunday. He's been the Sunday starter, three point four earn run average. Teams batting two fifty seven against him. He's given up some loud balls this year. Those are starting lineups, uh, starting pitching matchups for Mississippi State. And the Tennessee Vols and those pitching matchups brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing. Go to countrypleasing.com. They'll ship it to you. All those different cri- uh, kinds of sausages. And now, Charlie, what, are two players that can smoke you by two brothers?
0: Yeah, two players who can smoke you. And Bart, it has been our tradition to allow you to go first. In picking your two guys who can
1: smoke you, just don't take mine. Okay. Uh, do you have Jared Dickey? I do not. Okay, so Jared Dickey's going to be my – player that can smoke you he leads the team with 23 hits and 15 runs scored in sec play so he's gotten better as sec play has gotten here as the outfielder for tennessee he hit 385 last weekend had five hits in that uh, sweep against vanderbilt second on the team 13 multi-hit games and so he's the guy that uh, that i think that can smoke you got to look out for hey by the way he's lost over 60 pounds since joining the program in 2021. I mean, he has done a really good job of getting in the weight room and trimming down a good bit. He's a sophomore from Mount Juliet, Tennessee. So, Jared Dickey's my guy that can smoke you.
0: All right, my guy is an outfielder, and that is Hunter Inslee. Plays center field. He's going to bat second in the lineup. Inslee had big game against Vanderbilt this past weekend, went three for five. Overall on the season, Inslee's hitting three hundred two, but he's been their best hitter in league games this season. He is a guy who has really started to heat up at the plate. If you were to look at his stats through the season, he was a guy with a hit here, a hit there. But he was not He was never a multi-hit game. Now what you're starting to see with him, 328 in league play, by the way, is those multiple hit games. So Inslee, um, by the way, has at least a hit, at least one in 15 of the 19 games um in SEC play this year. So, Inslee, the guy, just kind of pesky batting in that two spot, has home run power, five on the year, two of them coming in a game against Vanderbilt this past weekend. So, that's my guy who can smoke you.
1: And uh, just guys can bother you. Just guys can bother you. Born in Alaska, by the way. Was he really? Yeah. That's so it's a long beautiful. way from here. And so two brothers Smoke meats. Can't find a better place to go watch the games this weekend. Of course, they'll all be on TV Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think Dave Neal, Todd Walker have the Thursday-Saturday game. Bob Kessling will have the the game, too, on Friday. Bob will do a nice job. And um, two brothers just can't beat the, the food of two brothers. They've got the patio. They've got the upstairs balcony. Great bar scene, great food from our friends at Two Brothers. And we're also brought to you by Heartland Catfish. Heartland, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly want. It's uh, produced right here in the state of Mississippi over in Itabina from the ponds directly to your plate, and they serve it at great restaurants around the southeast. And one of those great restaurant chains is the shrimp baskets. The shrimp baskets over in Alabama, they've got them in Florida, the Panhandle, and a couple down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You can get it grilled or fried the shrimp basket restaurants carrying that great heartland catfish and once again you just can't beat the quality from our good friends at heartland catfish All right, quickly charlie when you look around the SEC this weekend we talked about the two series starting tonight state and tennessee texas a&m and arkansas alabama's on the road at lsu auburn is at south carolina this weekend kentucky and vanderbilt are in nashville Georgia is at Ole Miss. Missouri is at Florida. So, only one top ten matchup, and that's Kentucky and Vanderbilt in Nashville. But nothing really stands out to me about huge weekend series.
0: It's a huge weekend series for us to do one thing. And you're going to be disappointed in me when I say this. Win one? Get one. Oh, yeah. Get one. I think the path from here is you have to figure out a way to get six more wins. You, you got to get one of those here. You win a series, man, all bets are off, right? We're, we're back uh, half full, but got to get one. And I will say this. If the chance comes tonight, throw everything you got. Would you be okay with win one, lose one, and rain get one? Boy, I'd take it right now. And I will say this, and, again, this is something you're not going to like from me. I'd be okay with win one, get run-ruled. What I'm saying is put every available resource into winning a game. And whenever that opportunity comes, put the chips on the table, man.
1: Yep. Hey, thanks to our good friends at Trax Plus. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Heartland Catfish, and you can get that great Heartland Catfish at the Shrimp Basket restaurants in Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi. Two Brothers Smoke Meats, Country Pleasing Sausage, And Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs.
0: All right. We'll be back with you. Check us out on Out of Left Field. We'll have our Sunday coffee edition Sunday morning. Thanks for listening.